It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Suns, Pray Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sutter. I'm joined by co-host Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Sutter. You can follow Burn on Twitter at BurdenClean14. So far, our Locked On Suns Twitter page, if you haven't already, at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support over there is very much appreciated, as always. As we do for every home game this year for the Phoenix Suns, as we have the last couple of years, we're joining Life Talks Resort Arena for a very disappointing i would say suns game i'm leading by 21 points in the final 17 minutes of that game they're up 80 to 69 the suns were outscored by 32 points over that final 17 minutes and oh that was a just a really rough game brand we're up by 21 points leading 80 to 69 the suns ended up losing this game 114 to 103 they're outscored by 20 points in the fourth quarter 36 to 16 this is one of those losses I feel like could be demoralizing Brandon. and it's also a, a loss where money williams is gonna have to really rally the troops together at this point yeah, I mean, it, not not as not to say this as a person who hosts a daily podcast, but it's getting hard to come up with what what else is there to say. You know, I think part of why Monty did what he did on Sunday night that we went over in our recap of the weekend was not only to, to send a message and kind of be demonstrative, but at a certain point, there's not much else to say. I mean, I'm not going to dig in deep to each individual mistake when they're so consistently the same types of mistakes and it's pretty obvious at a certain point that guys aren't just or they're just not kind of not following the game plan like you said or not focusing not playing with effort not really 
uh, doing what it takes. And I think tonight was just another one of the same, which is frustrating to say. Yeah, definitely frustrating is a good word for that because Monty Williams, like you mentioned, really didn't have much answers in the press conferences, pretty much just going over the same stuff he has the last couple of weeks. And what does that tell you, Brennan, as far as like the same mistakes keep happening over and over and over and over again with this team? Do you think it's fixable at this point? I mean, obviously, the stuff can be fixed, but this is going on a multi-week stretch at this point where just so many losses at this point are piling up where they're just really bad ones, ones you can't take in the West Conference playoff state, playoff race. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it says to me is that something needs to change. You know, I think the, the, the problems are – they're not major issues. Like, this is a perfectly fine, you know – 350 400 winning percentage type of team yeah but you know if they want to if they want to make the playoffs if they want to get close to that then then they need to make a change that the roster can execute what they want to execute because i think what we've seen at this point is we've seen a lot of shifts in the rotation the lineups even style of play and it's all made things worse to be honest so you know, I think at a certain point, it's decision time on what kind of team you see yourself as and, and what you need to do to get there. Yeah, definitely decision time. I imagine it's coming very soon for James Jones, Monty Williams, and the rest of the Suns as they're now 14-23 in the season. They're falling back even more in the West Conference playoffs. I believe they're now 13th in the West, which with Sacramento Wayne, they've leapfrogged them to 12th. So a lot of teams are piled up together at the bottom here for the race to 8th in the West, but it's going to be a tough climb now for the Suns at this point. But let's start off with our, our free throws from this one, Brian. I know in a loss like this one, there really shouldn't be much but we can talk a little bit about the guy who keeps putting up 30 points again that's seven straight now for Devin Booker he had 34 points and 12 21 shooting really the only one tonight outside of DeAndre and Kelly Oubre had it going in the first half a little bit but he kind of cooled down the second half just Booker needs more help at this point I know we you have DeAndre and scoring 21 points on 14 shots Oubre's doing his part but outside of those three and especially on that where Booker scores 30 once again just not enough around him yeah I mean I think it's doesn't it kind of look recently like last year? It looks just like that on I mean, they have plenty of talent generally. Like, they have better players, but the end product isn't isn't doing much differently to support him and, and maximize him and, and open up the, the floor for him. Like, none of the things that you hope to have seen from these guys that are on the floor right now are is happening and Monty said as much you know he said when when they're giving as much attention to Booker as they are they're they're not good at flipping out of that and countering with something else and part of that is there's there's no secondary creator it's easy to say they should be changing on the fly and and kind of making something out of nothing with that attention to Booker but who there's no one to do that and and besides that I think the other problem that we're continuing to see is as yeah, like the result with Kelly Oubre, I think overall for the season tends to be pretty good, but teams don't, teams aren't face guarding him at the three point line. They're not treating him like he's Clay Thompson. I think he's not a shooter that scares anybody, and, and none of the rest of the roster is obviously either. And so they're blitzing pick and rolls and, and sending two, three guys at Booker out on the perimeter four feet behind the three point line, just like they always have for his whole career now. And that, that can't be happening. The, the whole roster was built to make that type of attention for him impossible for the opposing defense, and they're doing it without any punishment right now. Yeah, and that's, like you said, just a disappointing fact about this team at this point is that maybe the depth that we were talking about preseason just isn't there like we thought it was. Dario only played 18 minutes tonight. Baines played 22 minutes and didn't shoot the ball well. He's being relied on an awful lot from three at this point, which I don't know if it's a smart idea or not with him being the starting lineup with DeAndre. And then the second unit themselves, Okobo, Johnson, Bridges, 
because guys just didn't produce offensively tonight for the Suns. We'll definitely hit on them later on. But what was your free throw from tonight's game? I imagine there's not going to be many. No, I mean, to, to do one more point on Booker, depending on where we are at time, I, I think my, my other uh, I mean, my other free throw positive, I think we probably can just do one each here, yeah. is I think Aiton, um, as far as aggressiveness, maybe not with the ball in his hands so much. I think he's still kind of his shot selection is, is obviously still a work in progress, even though he was 10 of 14. I think they were just going in tonight, but the, the process wasn't much better. He's still choosing to take worse shots, I think, too often. But overall, I think, you know, you have to give him credit for running the floor, taking the ball, putting up the shots, et cetera. There were a lot of nights last year and even this year where he didn't do that. That's my first, my free throw. But the other point about Booker that I'm curious about, and not to veer too far into the negative with the positive segment, but I think on a night like this, what are you going to do? (laughs) What are you going to do? I'm curious because Monty Williams talked today too about um, just the ball. He's he's been talking a lot about it. It's been part of the Dario Sharge conversation and, and everything with his team recently that the offense just isn't uh, isn't flowing like it used to. And that that's a big problem because I think the, the talent on the roster should at least be able to do that. This, this is a, an offense I still think can be top 15, if not top 12, top 10, if it's working properly. And Ricky said the same thing just now as we were kind of getting him one last – or getting him right before we left the locker room. He said we were – we just weren't running the plays. We weren't running the offense. And – I think I can't help, I'm not blaming Booker, but I can't help but notice that that's coincided with Booker's explosion here. And so I'm, I think it's, really I think the, that the, the team, the, the players, I think is where I put the blame on that, not knowing how to incorporate him. And, you know, when other guys aren't making shots, Booker has to take over, but they also have to know how to play that style. And I think that's kind of a inflection point, breaking point that they're at right now of, can it seems like either Booker scores 30 40 points or everybody else gets some and their offense isn't quite as good but they haven't figured out how to have a great offense with Booker scoring at a high level and I don't I mean I'm not smart enough to come up with how that happens but I, I think it is something to note yeah just wanted to mention real quick on that Booker point just that's a good point you brought up there Brent because ironically enough that the Suns offense really isn't flowing as but as much as it was beforehand and Booker's going for these 30 point games seven straight now should this still be happening as far as trying to figure out how to utilize Booker, how to utilize DeAndre Ains is an exception because he's obviously missed a lot of the season, but figuring out how to be aggressive and not with Booker in this offense, that shouldn't be happening almost 37 games in the season still. No, man, I, I don't think so. And I think especially when you have a player like him who is such a willing playmaker, this isn't a guy who's, you know, a, a Zach Levine or Andrew Wiggins, these guys who tend to be kind of tunnel vision players he's more than willing to make the right play so uh no i mean i i don't think that that's an excuse this is almost halfway through the year now so it'll just have to be something that they try to adjust on we we i mean we saw against the clippers and the sixers and teams like that they scored he scored well and they won so it's possible but i i just think we talk so much about aggressiveness and he kind of answered that call and then the offense as a whole sunk so we'll have to kind of see 
what happens there. Um, dive into some negatives in just a second. But before we do that, I wanted to remind everybody about the sponsor of today's show, which is the Arizona Cactus League Spring Training. Between amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food, Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. You can follow your favorite baseball team, Arizona, for the Cactus League this spring. Ten stadiums, 15 teams, all in great 75-degree temperatures. All ten stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within about 50 miles of each other. Right near amazing restaurants, bars, live music, museums, and everything that Arizona is known for. I mean, rocky... Um, the Grand Canyon, Monument Valley, Horseshoe Bend in Tucson. You have hiking, biking, Jeep tours. You can go up north. You can go down south to Tucson. And if you're bringing the kids, Arizona is a fantastic de- destination for families as well, between family-friendly resorts and hotels to stuff that kids can do as well, between wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, ranches. Arizona really has plenty to do for the family, all right near the baseball parks. So please plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash spring training. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's move on to the negatives from tonight, our our flagrant fouls here. Um, Where do we want to start, Evan? Yeah, this is a long list, a very long list, I would say, and it's... I mean, is if I'll save it for stat to watch. Actually, I'll, I'll save it for that part. For so I'll do my flagrant foul is going to be Aaron Baines, and this kind of just falls into the category of Aiton and Baines playing together. This is now the third game we've seen them starting together in two games now where it hasn't worked. The first game going against a good Knicks team, a bigger size team. Then we see the Kings grow out in the Manjabi Elitsa. Harry Giles, a faster big, only played 16 minutes, but you saw Ariza play 30 minutes, Debnan play 30 minutes. These stretch guys who can space the floor and are a little quicker than Baines and Aiden, and they keep exploiting that. And we saw it a lot tonight where Baines and Aiden didn't play much outside of that first quarter, I don't, I don't believe. Maybe a little bit in the fourth quarter there, but we saw a lot more Dario, a lot more Cam and McHale in place of Baines. And Baines only shot one of five from three. That's now the third straight game where Baines has taken at least five threes in a game. They're really relying on him an awful lot in this scenario as far as hitting threes and helping out that starting unit with, with Aiton because at this point we know he's not going to space the floor that well. So it's a flagrant foul for Aaron Baines because he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but I just think it's a flagrant foul that we're still talking about this Aiton-Baines combo and hoping it works. Yeah, I mean, I think that the what Monty identified in his post-game press conference is the thing that I noticed the most as well tonight, which is the same thing that happened against Memphis. Jaron Jackson 
probably a better version of, of this type of player. But like you said, Deadman, Ariza, Bielitsa, all three of those guys can space the floor, and they did. They were picking and popping. They had those, you know, a lot of the time they had one of those guys in the corner. And so I think Aiton was making the correct rotation a lot of the time to go contest at the basket, to tag the runner and the pick and roll, different ways to get involved. But when the, when the floor is spaced like that and you're asking a, a guy that big to go close out on a shooter, it's, it's not going to end well. Yeah, and especially even DeAndre Ayton, too. We, we, we talk about, a lot about positives with Ayton, with him having quick feet for a guy his size, but you can't trust DeAndre Ayton at this point of his career, and especially on a nightly basis, to guard those dead men as a reasons on a consistent and a high-level basis. No, and it's, again, like we talked about with Gerald in our episode last night, when we really dug into this so people can listen to that one for more extended thoughts, but I think a lot of it carried over today. It's, 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 it's limiting what he's best at. You know, you don't draft DeAndre and you don't have DeAndre Ayton on your team to, to close out on corner three-point shooters. Yeah. That's, that's really not, like you said, not only what he's good at, but also not really anything where you're maximizing his value. So uh, just I think Monty seems to be maybe starting to rethink things. It kind of felt that way from the press conference that he said he's, he's not seeing the results he had hoped for. Do you think that do you think it changes, or do you think they stick with it for sort of continuous, continuity's sake? I think they stick with it here for the next few games, but they keep losing. I have to imagine a change is coming either on the outside of the roster via trade, or they put McHale in there as the, the starting four, but McHale didn't do himself any favors tonight. He took one shot in 17 minutes. He had zero points, so I don't know if that's going give, to give Monty much confidence in doing that kind of idea. Yeah, you have. I mean, I think the Bielitsa thing is so interesting because I think most teams would just punish him when he's playing defense the Suns weren't able to do that and that's the cyclical nature of all of it that makes it so tough to really pinpoint okay here's what's going wrong with the Suns let me put it into the world and it will get will get fixed no I mean I think the the scary part of this stretch right now is the problems are many and kind of compounding on one another you can't punish Bielitsa so then he's able to stay on the floor and you don't have a guy to guard him so then he goes off and then you're down and all you know it kind of ripples from there so uh, obviously many problems overall but um yeah i was gonna i was gonna point to the bench you know it's something we've talked about a lot this year but you know, we've kind of hit on a few of the different parts of that so far between mikhail and daria who did you know we should note play more tonight like uh he did see the floor not not his best game by any means one of five from three and didn't really um affect the game as a scorer i thought the ball did move a little better when he was on the floor his first half stint was better than his second half stint i feel like he didn't play much in the second half if i'm remembering no, right. he had 14 at the halftime he minutes. only played four minutes yeah yeah so i think you know the ball was moving he was he had a couple deflections and rotations and on defense that you know i think he played his game the shots didn't go in it's just the challenge of of finding a a moment in the game a situation in the game where he's going to be effective so i think monty tried his best but just the bench without without mikhail and daria who are the two best players on the bench tonight doing much it was it was going to be a, a long road and cam's not playing much still no which is I, strange that's confusing to me and let me ask you i was about to ask you about cam there because he only played 11 minutes tonight tyler johnson played nine off the bench too so he was the second lowest minute total cam was 0-4 from the field he had two points from the free throw line I really feel like Cam is a player who needs at this point. We've seen it already. If he plays 20, 25 minutes per game, he's going to have a good game because he gets into rhythm. I feel like a guy like Cam Johnson needs to get into rhythm, and playing him 11 minutes sporadically in a game, like we've seen the last week or two, isn't going to do that for a guy like him. No, and 
I get, you know, I, I put in the story I wrote after the Grizzlies game about the defensive problems, a play where his lack of foot speed was exposed. Like, we all know Cam's limitations, I think. They're going to be there for him throughout his career. It's just going to be a matter of overcoming them and, and limiting how much they hurt you as a team. But I've never really thought that, that he was an issue. So, you know, really the general thing is they're just riding the starters more overall. I mean, Aiton played 37, yeah. Uber played 37, Book played 39, and, and Rubio played 35. So I don't know if it's so much of a punishment for Cam as much as they're just going away from those bench guys generally to try to get some wins here. But... You know, those plays we were talking about, I think you need to get Cam, Booker, and Aiton as a trio on the floor together because you need spacing when you have Booker and Aiton in a two-man game or when you have either of those guys operating in isolation. And Cam's the best floor spacer on this team. And I I don't feel like we've seen Cam on the floor with those two much at all since Aiton's come back. And it's been even less the past few nights. Real quick point here before we go into our final segment, just... The second unit overall itself, we I think we can kind of find out it's been a heavy weakness for this team. And you see Dario only puts up five points. Elliot Kobo is the lead scorer off the bench with six points tonight. Just a really rough five, six-man unit right now for the Suns bench, and they have to find answers fast. Because, I mean, th- we've been saying this all throughout the season at this point, that the Suns bench we might have kind of overrated a little bit in preseason action. Yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the areas when I look at, we talked about the the idea that at a certain point you just have to if you want to win games this season, that's a weakness that's not going away. Go get a guy or, you know, start to realize you're not going to win this year. I mean, that, that's where I'm at with it. What more, what different shuffling needs to be done at this point? Oh, definitely agree with you there. And it's going to be an issue for this team moving forward unless, like we mentioned, there will be changes outside of the roster if there will be any moving forward for this Phoenix Suns team. But before we go on to our final segment, you're talking about our stats to watch. And trust me, there's plenty from tonight's choke job from the Suns. If we're being honest, it was a really bad choke from the Suns, up 21 points with 15 minutes left in regulation. And they end up losing by 11 points, so that's definitely not a good one. But before we dive into our final segment there, I want to tell you guys, if you haven't already, to subscribe to Locked on Suns, the only daily Phoenix Suns podcast out there. Burn and I give you A-plus analysis every day, Monday through Friday, giving you guys all the latest Phoenix Suns news. And also in the offseason, we don't slow down three times a week. So on any stream platform listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, we're on every single stream platform, at least I think we are. So I appreciate everyone listening in on today's episode of Locked on Suns. And also, if you are a new listener, thank you for tuning in and make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review as well. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Brown, start us off with our stats to watch. And I think it's simple for me is the 80 to 69 i just want to say that score out loud because from that point on this the suns shot 35 percent from the field they had 10 of their 19 turnovers in the final 15 minutes of that game just a seismic meltdown from the suns over those final 15 minutes there which 
really could set a however, however way you want to put it. Those last 15 minutes of the game, you're going to have to throw on the film if you're Monty Williams and just throw in the trash. Yeah, 80 to 59, right? They were down 21. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and even the the last four of the third quarter, they cut it to what single digits by the, was it? Yeah, it was, I think it was like eight or nine at the end of the yeah. third quarter. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the film sessions for this team in general over the past few weeks because of exactly what we've been talking about, which is the problems are pretty much the same every night, and it must feel pretty uh, disheartening for the players in that locker room. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's the defining number of this game to me is, is the, the deficit the Kings had to overcome and successfully did it. And, I mean, it's a testament to them and the, the scoring Darren Fox put together, but... The Suns just can't let that happen. These these games are being decided in dramatic fashion in the fourth quarter every night in both directions. They had to come back to beat the Knicks. They nearly came back to tie it up against Memphis, and now another one here where the Kings beat them by 20 in that fourth quarter. But the one that the it's not as big picture, but 17 turnovers for the Suns, and, and you can't even really look at one player who is the culprit there. It's just up and down the roster guys turning the ball over um so that's not typical and only 24 assists so i think that's it's a maybe an oversimplification i know that the team has been looking a lot at passes per game that's something that they've keyed in on that they've been 30 40 50 passes less over the past few weeks than what they were in that seven and four start but an easy one is just assist to turnover we look at it almost every game on the show here and 24 to 17 it's is pretty ugly and pretty it shows how how much the ball is just screeching to a halt right now i think defensive activity too just noticing this in the box score real quick four steals for the Suns tonight with the length they have with kelly McHale, even ricky rubio being a savvy defender himself four i feel like is one maybe one of the lowest numbers i've seen this year as far as that category goes and you see the yeah. kings on the other side there almost 40 40 90 in the efficiency category so yeah that doesn't help either yeah i mean What's crazy is De'Aaron Fox is the guy that I thought really won them the game in that third quarter stretch when they did come back. And he's only 9 of 21 from the field, so it's not even like they had a guy really go off. He only had like a good 7-8 minutes in this game. That's yeah, all it took. and he was pretty inefficient and took some bad shots the rest of the game. Took some bad threes, took one bad three that went in that, that was a dagger. But, yeah, I mean, this was pretty thorough on the part of Sacramento to just work their way back into this game, put together good offense, and... As Ricky Rubio said, you know, you're up 21. All you need to do is get stops. You don't you don't need to score 50 more points in the game. You're you're already up 21. So you just can focus on defense and and spend your energy on that end of the floor and they just really fell apart, allowed 36 points in that fourth quarter. It feels kind of like the the Warriors game on that's the road a, trip. Yeah, that's a good one. Where I think they scored right around 36, 35, 40 points. So um yeah, I mean, the fact that we have reference points for so many different types of meltdowns is a is a bad sign. Yeah, that's certainly not good. And to close things out here, Brian, just wanted to relay, because we talked about this for weeks, like this January stretch, how important this was for the Suns team. And sad to say, they're really squandering this opportunity away yeah. at this point. Yeah, I, do you think they're a playoff team right no, now? No, absolutely not, no. I don't the way they so, keep but... playing, I mean, like we could have said a week ago, yeah, they're probably an eight seed, but I mean, how can you have confidence in this team with just the way they've been playing, especially this kind of outing where you're up 21 points and then you're outscored 55 to, I believe, like 32 in the final 15 minutes of that game. That's just inexcusable. Yeah, and we're a week into the month that was supposed to be the, the soft part of the schedule and they're they're letting it go to waste here. And it's, it's just going to get harder again in February and March. So I think they're 
trade trade deadline kind of uh, calculus might be figuring itself out right now. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting time for the Phoenix Suns here as we will close out today's show here. The Phoenix Suns lose 114-103. They're now 14-23 in the season. A rough, rough fourth quarter and end of the third quarter for the Suns. They were up 21 points and they end up losing by 11. So that tells you all you need to know about this one. So final score here from Talks to Resort Arena. Appreciate everyone listening. And as always, 114-103 is the final score. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for next episode. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 